Let's take a little time and talk now about the state that we are living in. Political, spiritual, maybe some life. While you are listening to Phyllis Favor. Take a minute, turn the radio up. Take a seat in the pastor's office. favorite listeners, Pastor Jonathan Mason, back with you in the pastor's office. It is a pleasure to be with you yet again. Uh, I am on a spiritual high. Service just ended. Today was our Black History Commemoration at the Northeast Baptist Church. Uh, Our keynote preacher of the day uh, was Mayor Wilson Good, the first black mayor uh, of Philadelphia, and he did an outstanding job. But I'm not going to miss you. I'm not going to miss the opportunity to talk to you. So we're going to get right into it. Uh, We're going to talk again today about the Tyree Nichols case. Uh, You will recall two weeks ago, we spoke with Lori Volker, who Tyree considered his second mother. Uh, And we had a gripping conversation with her. Uh, But today we want to bring you up to speed on what's going on in this case. Uh, We see all over social media and all over the news that people want justice for Tyree. And we want to give you an indication of where things are going uh, at the moment. Uh, so what I want to do is I want to bring into the pastor's office for the very first time uh, Miss Julia Baker, who is a criminal justice reporter for the Daily Memphian. And watch this. She has authored at least 43 articles on this Tyree Nichols case. So she is uh, well able uh, to bring us up to speed and share with us what things look like in the local community of Memphis. Uh, So why don't we do this? Why don't we bring Miss Baker into the pastor's office? Julia, can I call you Julia? Sure, sure can. Come Thank on you into so the. Much for having me. Come on into the pastor's office. It's good to have you. Thank you so much uh, for giving us some of your time. Now, here's the thing that I want our listeners to know: before the national media picked up on the Tyree Nichols murder, you were the one that broke this story. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. Yeah, so you know, we local journalists saw this happen from the beginning. Um, you know, first we heard was, you know, that TBI was being brought, TBI, the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation, was being brought in to investigate a use of force incident in um, southeast Memphis. Um, at the time, uh, Tyree Nichols had not even been identified. We didn't know much about him. We just knew that there had been an uptick in TBI being called to investigate use of force cases, which could be part of, um, you know, having a new district attorney. We're not sure. But, um, you know, there had been an uptick in TBI coming in to investigate these cases. So, you know, we reported first TBI being brought in to investigate Tyree Nichols. And then in the days following it, it, you know, when he died, they identified his name. And then in the days following that, it came out that Tyree Nichols was 
um, not your usual arrestee. He was just somebody who was nonviolent. He was somebody who liked to skateboard, liked to uh, go take pictures at Shelby Farms, which is a beautiful park in Memphis. And, you know, that really caught everybody's attention. And, you know, I kind of watched it, you know, unfold from there. And, you know, I watched the, you know, national media kind of come in and uh, we saw them again today um, at the arraignment for the five officers who are accused in his murder. Just to set some context for maybe some of our listeners who haven't heard about the case or who aren't up to date on all the details, Tyree Nichols. Uh, was in Memphis uh, January the 7th. He's a 29-year-old black male. He was stopped by a unit, a special unit of the Memphis Police Department called the Scorpion Unit. Uh, and he was pulled out of his car. And, well, after he was pulled out of his car, it's still tough for me to talk about it, but after he was pulled out of his car, he was beaten mercilessly. Uh, So much so that on January 10th, just three days later, he died. He expired as a result of the injuries that he received at the hands of five officers. Their names, Tadarius Bean, Demetrius Haley, Justin Smith, Emmett Martin, and Damon Mills Jr. Julia, you've done a lot of work on this case. Tell us a little bit about the Scorpion unit, because... When I looked at that video, their initial approach to Tyree was aggressive. And I've been to Memphis probably a hundred times. It's one of my favorite cities in this country. Uh, I know it well, and I understand the type of uh, violence that police officers encounter in that city. Not much different than Philadelphia, where we are right now. Uh, but, But talk to us about that unit, why it was developed, and gosh, why they would have that type of mentality when approaching uh, an individual. Right. So the Scorpion Unit, um, which stands for Street Crimes Operation to Restore Peace in Our Neighborhoods, um, that was formed in November 2021 by the MPD Chief, Memphis Police Department Chief, Therillon C.J. Davis. Um, She had come into the department in June 2021. So this was one of a few units that she formed trying to you know, kind of figure out how to get around crime in Memphis because, yes, crime in Memphis is bad. And, um, you know, she kind of came in as a fresh set of eyes. And so she formed this unit to um, kind of taper down on, um, you know, street crimes, gangs, car thefts, you know, various crimes that you see on the street. And, you know, it's an elite unit in Memphis. And from what I understand, she, when she was with the Atlanta Police Department, um, she, you know, had a similar unit there. I think it's called Red Dog. So she kind of brought that here. And I think, you know, her intention was obviously not what happened, but her intention was to kind of crack down on this crime. But for, with the unfortunate passing of Tyree Nichols, you know, it kind of made her realize, you know, you have to be very intentional about these kinds of units. And so it kind of made her take a step back uh, and look at it. And what she did was she disbanded the unit. I think it was about a month ago she disbanded it. And, you know, the protesters in Memphis who are concerned about this, you know, these kinds of things happening, um, we're happy to see that. But they're also wanting the Memphis Police Department to also 
you know, disband some of the other similar units, like the organized crime unit and the multi-agency gang unit, which, you know, tapers down on gangs, which are definitely prevalent in Memphis. You spoke about protesters in Memphis. Um, mm-hmm. How? What's the atmosphere like in Memphis now? Um, I know that there were a lot of protesters outside of the courthouse today. Uh, I know that there are still protests going on. So what's what's the environment like right now? You know, one thing I'm really proud of in my city is, you know, whenever I see a protest happening, it's always peaceful. So I'm definitely proud of my city for that. And, you know, they are thinking creatively with their protesting, too, and everybody's coming together. Two of the largest groups who are doing protests in Memphis, you have Decarcerate Memphis, and then you have our local Black Lives Matter uh, chapter. And, you know, they're, you know, they're doing protests on the streets, but they're also, you know, showing up to city council meetings and Shelby County Commission meetings. And, you know, they're, they're asking our local government officials, um, you know, to pass legislation, local legislation, to kind of bring about transparency and, you know, they're asking them to try to, you know, cut out some of these units. But you're even seeing, you know, even students. Yesterday there were college students and teachers, I think even maybe even high school officials were, um, they protested in um, East Memphis and they were demanding justice for Tyree. So there's also a group, Moms for Justice, you know, just mothers coming together, you know, they feel for uh, Rovon Wells, which is Tyree Nichols' mother. Um, you know, they've gotten together to, you know, kind of ask for change. So you've got all these people in Memphis. Everybody agrees, you know, something needs to change. You're listening to Philly's Favor 100.7 FM, and we're talking with Julia Baker, who is a criminal justice reporter uh, for the Daily Memphian, and we're just getting up to speed on the Tyree Nichols murder uh, and the progress of justice for Tyree. Uh, today, there was a hearing in Memphis for the five officers that have been charged with Tyree's death. Julia, you were there. Uh, tell us what you witnessed. Yeah, so it was definitely probably one of the biggest court arraignments that I've probably seen since I've, you know, in my short journalism career so far. But, you know, you had all of Tyree Nichols' family, or a lot of them, you know, family members that I had never seen before. You had all of our local criminal justice officials who were there. You know, you had media from even, I think, China was there. Um, You had everybody coming you know, see what happened. And so each of the officers, none of them are in jail. They were all, they all posted bail within, you know, one or two days of their arrest. And that was, I think, sometime last month. But um, so none of them were dressed in, you know, jail um, clothing. Um, They all walked in, you know, through the regular entrance with their attorneys. Um, uh, I'm hearing that they came in through a private entrance so as not to walk past the public, but um, they they came in and um, all of them pleaded not guilty. Um, it was a relatively short uh, court proceeding, but um, they all pleaded not guilty. And, you know, it's going to be a little while before we see a trial because, um, you know, with COVID having affected everything, some cases are, you know, we're not seeing trials for five, six years for some of these cases. So not really sure when we'll see this go to trial, but 
Um, I'm hoping that we'll get a little bit more information, um, at, um, you know, in the few weeks, hopefully. But, you know, I think the family is going to not see justice for a little while, but it's, I think it's coming. Have you had an opportunity to do any research on the backgrounds of the officers? I'm curious as to whether or not they've had other infractions uh, in their past, something that should have signaled somebody that that we have an issue here. Yes. So, um, you know, I've done uh, a little bit of research into them. And one of the first things that I saw um, very shortly after the officers all were arrested or no, I think it was right after they were identified, but I'm not sure that they had been arrested yet. But I had, you know, kind of researched into them, and I saw that Demetrius Haley had been accused. He used to be a corrections officer in Shelby County uh, a few years ago. And then in 2015, he was accused. Well, a lawsuit was filed in 2016 for a 2015 incident um, where he was accused of brutalizing uh, an inmate and you know I talked with that inmate and the lawsuit was dropped because he apparently was incarcerated when they were trying to you know have him follow up on you know proceedings so unfortunately for him the lawsuit got dropped but he when I talked to him he said that he wanted to see what he can do about reopening that lawsuit so I'm not sure you know what will come of that but also four of the five officers had um, disciplinary infractions within the Memphis Police Department um, that came forth through an information request that I did with the Memphis Police Department. And, you know, just a couple of those are, you know, Emmett Martin. He failed to report a case of domestic violence. And in his reporting, he said that he that he thought it was common to not report domestic violence, although uh, according to the hearing officials that saw his case, said, no, you're supposed to report every domestic violence case. Um, and then in another case, a handgun was found in the back of his squad car because he allegedly neglected to check the interior of his vehicle before and after transporting suspects. And then a couple of other things, um, Demetrius Haley and Desmond Mills Jr., they had failed to submit response to resistance forms after forcibly arresting individuals. So that's something noteworthy because they have to file those anytime they do any kind of like, you know, deploying pepper spray or, you know, deploying a baton or deploying punches or anything like that. So um, that's definitely something that really stuck out with me. Let's talk about the discrepancies between the reports that the officers filed and what all of America and the world actually saw on video. What were the differences, Julia? You, there were a few things you heard. Uh, you know, there were reports that they that they reported that they that Tyree Nichols was driving recklessly, and then they also said that you know he was you know seemingly uh, under the influence. I think there was something else they reported, but you know our our police chief she said that there was no indication that uh, Tyree Nichols was driving recklessly she couldn't find in any sky cop footage i don't know if you guys have sky cop up there but it's street cameras that are run by the Memphis police department so supposedly the police department has not been able to verify those reports of reckless driving from those from that footage one of the other officers also claimed that um 
Tyree Nichols tried to grab his gun and that Tyree Nichols was violent. But, you know, looking back at the video, you, you don't see any of that. So, um, you know, it just really makes somebody look back and say, like, you know, if the police report something that happened, how what do we know what to believe? Um, you know, I think that was something that really drilled in a lot of people's minds and something that I think we'll all be looking into a little bit more from now on. I was curious about that notorious blue wall of silence we always hear about. As you've monitored this case, it seems to me like the police chief has been very transparent in, in, in wanting to see this matter dealt with. I applaud her for taking action right away uh, and dismissing those five officers from the force. But have you seen other parts of the law enforcement community make excuses for what we saw or try to align themselves uh, to support the officers or has everybody basically said no this was overreach right yeah i've been very impressed with how chief davis has handled this you know she made it a point to you know talk with me about you know her side of the story which you know was good and it's apparently the, with how quickly they released the footage of Tyree Nichols, you know, that's kind of unheard of. You know, even Ben Crump, who's a, a notable civil rights attorney, represented George Floyd, the family of George Floyd and others. Um, he even, you know, found that noteworthy and said that he hopes this will be the blueprint going forward for the nation, um, you know, to kind of look at how we handled this. And he hopes that other cities will handle this. Um, as far as, you know, how other law enforcement officials are reacting to this, nobody is in agreement with how these officers handled the situation. You know, I've talked off the record with other officers who said, I can't believe they would do that. There's no way I would ever do that. I've talked to officers who said they de- they deserve, you know, to have justice brought down on them. So, yeah, nobody has been in support of how they handled it. And finally, before we let you go, and we really appreciate you bringing us up to speed and giving us all the information uh, so that our listeners are up to date, but how's the family doing? I can only imagine, um, you know, what they're going through. You know, I know that they're all still very torn up about it. I'm not sure they'll ever not be torn up about it. I know when it first happened, um, his mother, Rovon Wells, um, she wouldn't even speak to the public. Um, she was so upset about it. You know, she's kind of opened up a little bit more and talked to the public. And I know it's hard for her. She's even acknowledged that it's hard for her. And, you know, Rodney, Rodney Wells, who is Tyree Nichols' stepfather, has acknowledged, like, you know, he, you know, this is very hard on him, but he's got to be strong for the family. But, you know, I can't, I can't even imagine what they're going through. And, um, I know that they probably want to just shut down and probably, you know, not talk to anybody for a while. Um, you know, they probably want to have this grieving process, but, you know, for, you know, I'm sure they also want the nation to know what happened to their son so that it doesn't happen to others. So, you know, they're being strong and, you know, kind of going out of their comfort zone and, you know, kind of talking to others about what they're going through. Julia Baker, criminal justice reporter for The Daily Memphian, I want to thank you for joining us today in the pastor's office. Uh, I hope that we can reach out to you as this case progresses. As you said, it's probably going to be a bit of time between uh, today and when justice for Tyree actually happens, but we'd love to be able to lean on you to get more information as we go forward. I would be happy to. And thank you so much for having me today. 
Thank you so much. And hey, Philly's favorite listeners, here's what I want you to do. Stay tuned, because what we're going to do for the second half of the show today, we're going to replay the interview that we did with Lori Volker. I want you to hear this interview. I think it's appropriate at this time and at this moment uh, for us to really uh, center our thoughts and our attention uh, on the family that is, as Julia said, dealing with a terrible, terrible, tragic loss. All right, we'll be right back after these commercial messages.